Hey, what's going on, everybody? This your boy, Jay Mason. Welcome once again to another new episode of Beyond the Album Cover, where we're taking an album and see its importance within the music industry. After the show, I'll give you the links to where you can listen to this episode, along with other archival shows. So the album that we're going to dive into today came out around 1997 in the United States and was one of the many albums that helped spark the teen pop revolution of the late 90s, early 2000s. We're talking about the Backstreet Boys' 1997 U.S self-titled debut album now if we take a look at the cover it shows five guys who are all good looking and ready to make teen girls swoon and what makes this album special is that it was pretty much a re-release of their 1996 international debut album it debuted in markets such as canada france germany Switzerland, Austria, etc. But the only difference between that album and the U.S. debut was they just did a couple of new songs in order to appeal to the U.S. market because Europe was more dance heavy, very big on EDM-like beats and melodies, while in the U.S., it was more R&B. So for the sake of the U.S. album, one of their biggest hits came from that. It was All I Have to Give, written and produced by the legendary R&B group Full Force. And Quit Playing Games was the lead-off single for the U.S. debut. Became a big hit. All I Have to Give, another big hit off of the album, As Long As You Love Me. And Backstreet Boys were finally able to capitalize off of their European success here in America. And not only were they able to ride that wave, it also inspired Lou Pearlman to bring a second group along in order to ride the wave of Backstreet. You may have heard of them. NSYNC. Now, if we take a look at the U.S. album, they ended up recording Backstreet's Back around the same time. And when they did, it wasn't initially on the U.S. debut. So they re-released that same album under the title Backstreet's Back with that song along with other songs that were on their international debut album in order to capitalize on Backstreet Boys' newfound fame here in America. And production by Max Martin... Dennis Pop, the Sharon Pop Sound was going strong and they produced songs for acts such as Backstreet Boys, Britney, Robin, Ace of Bass. Pretty much a lot of the teen pop that came out of the mid to late 90s, early 2000s, they had their blueprint on everything. And the Bashy Boys debut album set the stage for what was to come when they released their sophomore follow-up, Millennium, which broke records for record sales. And then NSYNC released No Strings Attached and No Strings pretty much gobbled up Millennium's record sales. But it was friendly competition between the two groups. But I felt that for Backstreet Boys, it was clear that Team Pop was here to stay in America 
and it had people scrambling to get five guys together or four in order to capitalize on the team pop wave. Now, for next week, the album we're going to take a dive into is another soundtrack album that I felt was criminally underrated and provided great soundtrack for R&B of the early 90s. And that's going to be the Who's the Man soundtrack. So until next week, keep those 33s and 45s spinning. Be sure to go to Anchor, Breaker, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public to hear this episode along with past shows. So if you got any albums you would like for me to do, feel free to follow me on Instagram, instagram.com slash j252nc, or go to the Facebook show page at facebook.com forward slash beyond the album cover. See you next week. Peace.